we stand with our songs and our drums, we are still here. Now that is repeated in the book like three times. It is, huh? Why do you think they repeat it a lot? Because um, um, it's true. A black snake threatens the village of a young girl. In stories and in songs, her Native American ancestors have long warned of the snake's arrival, but it always seemed a long way off. Now, the snake is here, taking the form of an oil pipeline that could contaminate the water, poison wildlife, and destroy their sacred earth, unless something is done. But what can one girl do to protect her village and its water? How can she rally others to her cause? We'll explore these questions and the big idea of collective change on today's episode of Little Voices, Big Ideas. Hi, I'm Sarah DeBacher, your host for Little Voices, Big Ideas, the podcast that dives into children's picture books as the perfect containers for discussions of the deep stuff we all got to swim through as we make our way through life. This season, we jump headlong into the murky waters of American democracy, swimming amongst stories with themes that look at the power that the littlest voices can have to enact the biggest of changes. On today's episode, We Are Water Protectors. Written by Carol Lindstrom and illustrated by Michaela Goad, this 2020 title tells the story of a young Native American girl who exercises her First Amendment right to engage in peaceful protest. It connects the symbol of a black snake to a contemporary example of collective action, the 2016 Standing Rock Sioux Tribe protests against the Dakota Access oil pipeline. And it acts as a rallying cry for readers to protect our shared planet. I am joined today by fellow exercisers of free speech. Standing shoulder to shoulder with me in our shared book love is Susan Larson, host of the podcast, The Reading Life. Hi, Sarah. Children's book author, Freddie Evans. Hello. And philosophy professor to the youngest among us, Thomas Wartenberg. Good to be here, Sarah. We will also hear from nine-year-old Alex and his seven-year-old sister, Harper, who, along with their mother, are members of another indigenous tribe, the United Homa Nation, and who welcomed us into their home to listen as they discussed this stunningly gorgeous and important book, We Are Water Protectors. It's time to jump in and go beyond the bedtime story. So I was excited to include this book in this season of the podcast for a variety of reasons. For me, for one, it felt important to include a book that featured uh, the voices of indigenous people, of Native Americans, because, of course, you know, we've been talking about themes related to America and democracy, and we refer to our nation as, as a melting pot, and we also think of it as a, a nation of immigrants. But it's important to recognize that there were people who were here before us. And I think that this book does such a wonderful job both in representing the voices of Native Americans, but also and particularly in the author's note at the end, making clear 
that there is not one singular voice for Native Americans, right? This theme of a rallying cry and of everyone coming together, a multiplicity of voices and a multiplicity of identities, but rallying around a single cause is one that I think is handled so beautifully, but again, grounded in the context of this is a land that was here and has been here and was inhabited by by people prior to its being you know, the United States of America. And I don't know if that stood out um, to any of you, but that was something that struck me about this book and made me excited to bring it to the podcast for discussion. Um, And I also really appreciated the lens of water as a means to address um, environmental impact or environmental change. I'd love to hear, Susan, some of your general thoughts on this book. Oh, one of the things I love about it is that it it demonstrates the way ancient stories stay with us and shape the way we think about water and and all its implications in our lives, which is something, you know, we have here in New Orleans because we have every kind of water. I was thinking about the book in the world, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was thinking we have bayous, we have lakes, we have ponds, we have intercoastal waterways, we have canals. We don't just have a river. Mm-hmm. You know, and protecting all that water is like a full-time job, you know, <laughs> and there are many ways to do it. But one of the things this book is very clear on is our responsibilities as human beings mm. to this water and to the land around us. And I love the way this story gets handed down from the grandmother to the granddaughter, from the ancestors to the grandmother. I love that illustrative spread with the ancestors because mm. it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the way the snake resembles a pipeline and the way the chant is, we are still here. All of these things show repetition over time and show the idea of stewardship and how Mm -hmm. it gets passed on and passed on and passed on. And stewardship, I think, is something maybe perhaps our generation hasn't understood adequately, you know. Mm, Say more. And well... We're trying to teach a new generation to take care of the earth when what are, you know, what have we done? Have we done enough? I'm not so sure. Right. But then like the other books about democracy, this young girl rallies people to her cause. And it's not just her cause. Water is for everyone, Mm, mm -hmm, you know. mm -hmm. So those were my initial reactions to it beyond its incredible beauty. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely gorgeous illustrations. Freddie, do you want to share your comments, your thoughts on this book? I know that you have a lot, and and, and this is a a gorgeous, gorgeous book. Rightly so. It's a Caldecott Meadow mm-hmm. winner. So the illustrations speak for themselves. As a matter of fact, I think that we could just look at the illustrations and get so much from the book. We could really read it, read the illustrations. But the book is full. And among the things that stand out to me is the fact that although it's centered in a Native American community, it raises an issue of environmental awareness that impacts all of us. Mm-hmm. So we can think about the oil spill that we in the Gulf that we encountered some years ago mm-hmm. and all of the environmental changes and issues that are facing us every day. So it's a wonderful way to introduce young readers to environmental awareness mm-hmm. and how we're interrelated with the creatures, the living creatures of the earth. This book shows us that we are connected to the fish and the fowl and everything. There's a a wonderful spread illustration in the book of the earth. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are creatures 
walking around the the circumference of the the earth, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So you have the elephants and the penguins and the the monkeys or whatever, the fowl. But there is also human beings. There are human beings depicted Mm -hmm. to show that we are among those, that we're equal to them in a sense, that we are living in this environment. And I think that was a wonderful way to just show children how important it is to protect all living creatures mm-hmm. to, to protect our environment. But there are so many images like that, so many illustrations that are just so clear and powerful that we can learn from. Another thing is Susan mentioned the refrain, we are, we are still here. That shows determination, shows perseverance, shows uh, steadfastness, but it also shows that the movement was growing because when we see the illustrations that accompany that frame throughout the book, there are more people each time mm-hmm. that refrain comes about. So to me, it indicates that the movement was growing, that not only are we here, but we're growing. The momentum is continuing, it's increasing, and it's impactful. And then in the end, we see this spread of, of so many nations coming together, different genders, different ages, different colors, skin tones of mm-hmm. people, to show that... Um, this issue is not in isolation. It's not isolated to or, or pertaining to just one community, but it's universal. We are water protectors. Water is the first medicine, Nakomis told me. Nakomis means grandma and like the tribe. It does, language. it means grandma in their language. We come from water. It nourished us inside our mother's body as it nourishes us here on Mother Earth. Water is sacred, she said. It's true. Mm-hmm. We stand with our songs and our drums. We are still here. Now that is repeated in the book like three times. It is, huh? Why do you think they repeat it a lot? Because um, um, it's true. It's true. It's true and like... Why do you think it's important that they say we are still here a lot? Because like a lot of people don't think that tribes um, are still here. Mm -hmm. They think that they are like extinct. Right. But like they aren't. Mm. So here we have those themes related to the presence of indigenous people prior to the rest of us (laughs) arriving here. Um, And so... Seems to me that it was addressed to us, saying like, you know, you white guys, uh, we're still here. You you haven't managed to exterminate us despite all your efforts to do so. So I, I, that was for me that was a poignant line. Right, really powerful. We're still here, and you know we're going to do something. Freddie, you had the thought about the refrain, the use of yes. "we're still here." Well, I thought it was an indication of the perseverance, the steadfastness, as Tom indicated. But it also was accompanied by an illustration, that phrase. And each time the phrase was mentioned, there were more people Mm. in the illustration, which Mm -hmm. shows that not only are we here, but we're growing. Mm. The momentum is growing in number and in determinedness or uh, steadfastness. So I thought it was very, very powerful. One of the other interesting things is that in each of those illustrations, we get a circle of women who are the water protectors, right? This book is really clear about that. Men are fire protectors. So it's, it's something also about the power of songs and drums, but, you know, chanting. The more you do it, it gets repeated, and more and more people are always in that, are in that circle. And there are three 
illustrations of that circle. And each time there's more people there and presumably the song is louder and the drumming is louder. Mm-hmm. One of the things that struck me about this is that the mythology and the idea of the snake and, and the stories passed down all represent to me a kind of deep knowing, mm-hmm. the kind of thing that may not make sense to us, but we feel instinctively to be true. And then as things progress in the book, we're going through this experience of learning, of learning what we have to do to guard this deep knowledge or engage with it appropriately. You know, for example, I think having a protest is not the only way to be a water protector. Mm. There are many ways you should be a water protector. But I think, you know, learning what we take and, and can use from stories like that is one of the important factors in growing up and developing a worldview. So I think it's good to have those conversations mm. with kids. Right. I want to add something that, that Susan said even earlier about the passing down of stories. I know that a myth was involved, but it also connects to the cultural heritage mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. being passed down. And so as long as there is a line and the line comes with knowledge and understanding that this was a myth, but we are dealing with reality that's, that's yeah. somehow reflective of that myth, then using it becomes a way of handling reality and at the same time embracing cultural heritage. Mm-hmm. Right. And if children's books aren't just a really fine way of handling reality, <laughs> then I don't know what is. Let's get back to the voices of Alex, Harper, and Jessica. What does the narrator mean when she says she's a water protector? I think she means like she is someone who tries to protect the water. Mm-hmm in like trying to stop the oil pipes. Yeah. Can everyone be a water protector? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, what do you think when she means she says she's a water protector? She's like helping the environment. All the things that live in it, all the birds, all the plants, all the things like that. Mm -hmm. And Um, yes, everybody can be a water protector. Hmm. Doesn't that bring you up? <laughs> it brings me up in terms of, you know, the the possibility. And I guess that's what, what I'm thinking about, right, is the beauty of this book is in part that there is this girl, right, who sees and understands a wicked problem, right? So wicked problems being problems that are very difficult for us to even talk about. I think that in some ways it's become very difficult for us to even talk about what it is that we're going to do to combat climate change and what it is that we're going to do to to be water protectors. And the girl at the center of this book sees this problem and is undaunted by it. Mm-hmm. I find that inspiring. I really do. So this idea that we are all, that we can be water protectors, the use of the collective we, the collective pronoun we, is um, is beautiful and, yes, uplifting. And I love that this begins with a call to action. Mm. You know, I love that pledge that anyone can take. You know, I kind of worry that people will miss it because it's on the very back page. Right. Mm-hmm. But I love that there's another way to interact with the book physically. Mm-hmm. I will take this pledge. I will do these things. Mm. And it's, it empowers the young reader. Right. And it really shows in practical ways yeah. to become water protectors because sometimes you say, can you do this? Oh, yes, I can do this. But how? And right. this, mm-hmm. this pledge helps that uh, yeah. answer that question. Yeah. 
Tom? I'm going to the back page to sign the pledge. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> there you go. All right. Let's listen to more of Jessica Harper and Alex. What if protesting is against the law? I think I told you all a little bit about this last time. Like, yeah. what if the oil company buys the land next to the tribe and they technically own it? And it's against the law to get onto their land to stop it. But the people, the tribe people, think it's very important to stop it. And they had to get on the oil company's land kill. to stop it. I don't kill. Do it. Do it. It's what you want to do. Do it. I How would like to arrested? Some of them did get arrested because of that. I don't kill. Just do it. You want people to have and be nice and have and live. I don't care if I break a law or not, just do it. Yeah. Boy, they're gonna live even if some of them some of them felt like that. That is an opinion that some people had and some people felt it was important enough that they went to jail for the cause. Would <laughs> you protest if your water supply was being threatened? Yes. How would you do it? How would y'all protest if you wanted um, to I'm gonna say this one. So I would just like first get um a grown up, then get a bunch of people. That's post-test. Mm -hmm. Make a few signs like they did in, in the hill. And then go protest. to where the company is. Mm -hmm. mm. Go to where the oil company is with your signs and just do it, says Harper. <laughs> I just read a new biography that has come out of Martin Luther King. And you start off wanting to do peaceful protests, but then you encounter laws that you think are unjust or officials who you think are enforcing laws in ways that are very selective and are targeting you. And then it becomes a real issue uh, about what do you do? <laughs> you know, just do it, uh, maybe, but it's 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 complex, and people wind up going to jail, and sometimes you know that's sort of a staged thing where you know they get arrested, they go to jail, they get released, they pay fifty bucks, and that's that. Mm. But other times, you know, people, are, you know, I mean, King refused to uh, pay fines, you know, because he wanted to uh, demonstrate how horrible the laws were and how unjust, and, and the best way to do that is to stay in jail, you mm. know, and and get. A, a wider audience to recognize what's going on. So these are really serious questions about righting wrongs and not just about specifically related to the environment, although that's a huge issue, but other sorts of um, social issues. You're right that it's a complex issue. And, and I can hear Jessica sort of complicating things like a good philosopher, Tom, complicating things for young Harper, who just is ready to make a sign and get out there. Right. And what a wonderful demonstration of the way in which parent and child together can really access critical thinking through those open ended questions and, and through probing. Right. So really fine example there. Have y'all ever wanted to protest something? Yes. Yes? <laughs> think about it. It doesn't have to just be the oil field. Think about all kinds of stuff. I know. I'm thinking. What have you ever wanted to protest? A lot of stuff. Like, there's a lot of stuff that happened in California that was not good. Yeah? And here, like Mardi Gras, I would want them to, like, get, like, a bunch of people to clean after Mardi Gras because 
Monica is actually Woody badly hunting the environment. Hope they actually do that for some parades. Maybe they can recycle more, Harper. That's mm -hmm. a good idea. Like recycle, recycle more of the beads. Or throw more of those beads that can be thrown again. Oh yeah, um, uh -huh. like at the end, those those a place where you could throw the um, the beads. Mm -hmm. That could be one thing that y'all can focus on. We, you can make differences in little ways like that. Mardi Gras is one of those things that I bet a lot of those beads go down the drains, and then they probably wind up in some of our waterways. So maybe there could be more of a focus of not letting the beads go down the drains into the water, stuff like that. Like, you know how those, like, a bunch of garbage after mm -hmm. candy wrappers, anything like that, and just goes down the drain? Mm-hmm. Well, they have drains to get water down, but why other things? <laughs> of course, Harper's consternation is about the massive waste that is associated with uh, Mardi Gras down here in Louisiana. These are kids that are fully entrenched in Louisiana culture. <laughs> you can hear it, and I and I am here for it. I really deeply appreciate the way in which they're making that connection to their own community and the way in which Jessica fosters that, making that connection, but also the way in which she plants the seed around the power of one. What can we do? What can you do? Um, because I think that when you're facing a black snake, things can seem awfully daunting, right? Like right. a big, big, big problem. It's, you know, how do you eat an elephant? Take one bite. It's not just the power of one person. It's that we are one, right? That we are mm -hmm. all part of this thing together and we all stand together in the face of it. So it may seem daunting as an individual to do something, but when you see something like the pipeline protests, then you are part of this mass movement. I mean, I remember, you know, I'll date myself, but in the anti-Vietnam War movement, it was just unbelievable going to these marches like in DC mm. and realizing that you're part of this massive group of people, all of whom are united. You're as one in opposing a policy you don't believe in. So I think there's something important about standing together that the book shows us, you know, in those beautiful uh, circular diagrams of the drummers mm -hmm. that when we do things together, um, and you know, the last picture in the book is of all the protesters standing there. I want to mention something. You mentioned the power one. So this young girl who is nameless, <laughs> that's a, another <laughs> part of it, did act in a way that initiated the movement, but she never referred to herself. I think that was one time she did say I, but it was always we. So here she is acting bravely and courageously individually, but referring to the group. I thought that was interesting in that she never used her name. We never know her mm -hmm. name. And I don't know what impact that would have had had we used her name. I think we would think about her and her name more than we would think about what she did had she used the name. It would have been nice to have a name to call her, to refer to her as, rather than this young girl. Mm -hmm. But her actions were so strong that they superseded the need for the name. And there's one of the most beautiful subtleties of this book is the fact that the only words that are all caps are take courage and one and we stand. 
Mm-hmm. which I think is is a wonderful thing to see when you're reading the book through. Those are words to live by and words yeah. to go out by. <laughs> <laughs> so warm and heartfelt thanks go out to Jessica and her children, Alex and Harper, for sharing their inspiring and inspired discussion of today's book, We Are Water Protectors. To panelists Susan, Freddie, and Tom for their thoughts on how you, dear listener, can bring this book into your home. If you would like to see pictures of Alex, Harper, and Jessica, or if you'd like to check out other episodes of Little Voices, Big Ideas, please visit primetimefamily.org. Primetime Family Reading is an initiative of the Louisiana Endowment for the Humanities. Primetime's podcast, Little Voices, Big Ideas is made possible by the generous support of the Community Foundation of Northwest Louisiana, the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, and the National Endowment for the Humanities. Theme music was composed by Sam Gelbiand. George Ingmeyer is our producer. I'm Sarah DeBacher. The views expressed in this episode are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions or policies of our funders or the endowment board or staff. The End Tell me again How the people tell their stories And who did what And where and when Uh-huh mm. Tell me again from start to finish and tell me where do I fit in uh-huh mm-hmm. oh I see yes I get it now everybody's got something to say to each other everybody's got something to say to each other